Well, hello and welcome to From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and I want to thank you for giving us your time and attention. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards, which celebrates the voices that inspire humanity. And when we talk about voices, we're referring, of course, to your voice. Because we know you've had struggles, you've had challenges, and you've had joyful, epic experiences from which you've learned some valuable lessons. And we believe it's these lessons and experiences that can help others do better, be better in their personal careers, in their relationships, in their personal careers. Does anybody have a personal career? I don't know. Maybe I just invented that. In their personal lives, their relationships, their careers, and their business endeavors. Now, When we talk about stories, I know that we all have a favorite story, right? Yours may be a story from childhood, or it could be a story that you just heard yesterday. Stories inspire us. They make us laugh. They make us cry. They make us dance and sing. And they even allow us to create new companies and bring much needed solutions to the world. At the end of the day, stories connect us to one another. It's how you and I relate to one another. Stories give meaning to our past. They provide a framework for the future and they allow us to wildly envision the future. So to honor and to celebrate you, we've created an awards program where you, an ordinary everyday person, can share your inspiring story with the world and to be recognized for your contribution. You don't need to be a celebrity or a social media influencer or even a published author, although you can be. You don't need credentials, you don't need money, or you don't even need the right connections. All you need is the courage to share your story with the world. And if you've never done that before, don't worry, we've got you covered there too, because we're going to train you, we're going to mentor you, and we're going to equip you to write, speak, and share your heroic story. So, I know that making it to the awards finals is probably would be very exciting for you. But what's even more exciting, at least for us, is the person that you're going to become simply by participating in the awards program. So to learn more and apply for your chance to become a finalist and to win the grand prize of $20,000 cash and a book publishing deal from Morgan James Publishing, go to voiawards.com. That's Voices of Impact Awards, voiawards.com and register to become one of our storytellers. And speaking of storytellers, our studio guest today is my friend, Dustin Reichman. He's a brilliant engineer who has merged his analytical problem-solving abilities with the creative process of how to create harmony in your marriage, which many of us know can prove to be quite challenging and demanding, but not just marriages. Dustin is the complete master at building and maintaining quality relationships in business as well as in uh, his personal life. And this is all evidenced by the way, by his own entrepreneurial journey through which he started a, get this, a meat stick company. I know it sounds kind of funny, meat sticks. Um, He'll tell you about it in a second here, but essentially he did it. He launched his product into a very crowded marketplace, but because of the distinctions of his quality product, it's, uh, it's healthy for you and it's ethically produced. He did it largely by going on other people's podcasts and becoming the hero of the day. And he was able to scale his business quickly from zero to seven plus figures all by podcast guesting. And that's what he's going to talk to us about today because he is the number one go-to expert in that arena. So he's going to share that with us today and also give us insight into what we need to do to become the kind of person that everyone wants to have on their podcast show and that will also allow us to produce high revenue and all the success we want for our own businesses. So welcome to the studio, good friend, Dustin Reichman. How are you, Dustin? 
I'm doing great, Steve. That's uh, that was quite an intro. I I did not provide that to you, so that was a great summary of all the kind of seemingly strange paths I've followed. And we'll we'll get into my story and talk about how all those dots connect. Absolutely. I spent like since uh, we met what two months ago. I've spent the last sixty days writing that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, you know, you deserve to be honored in it. And, and I love honoring my guests. Uh, it's much, much better than just saying, hey, you know, we got a guy in the studio and I don't know what he's going to talk. I've been on shows like that. And it's just so like, really? And I have I'm, to, I'm, yeah. yeah, so it's we don't want to do that. So, yes, um, I acknowledge your time. I acknowledge your brilliance and the value that you're bringing to me and to our audience. And so I certainly want to elevate you and make you the hero because you are the hero. I mean, you've brought beautiful, um, the ability to bring harmony to marriages, not just in your own, but you teach others. And as I've talked about from the stage for many years, is that who you are in the bedroom determines who you are in the boardroom. And I don't mean that in the sexual sense by your performance in the bedroom, but it has to do with who you are as a person. In other words, what goes on behind closed doors certainly impacts who you are when you go out into the marketplace. And so if you're having a bad day with your wife or with your kids or your significant other, your partner at home behind closed doors, guess what? The next day you're going to show up and you're going to beat the employees up. You're going to yell at them. You're going to yell at your clients. You're not going to find creative solutions to problems. And then you're going to wonder, why is my, my business not doing as well as it should, right? I've got the greatest pen in the world, but no one, no one's buying it. So you've been able to figure that out, unlike a lot of people. And so I'm so glad that you're here because you're going to share that little story with us. So tell me, I mean, how did you go from becoming this brilliant engineer? You could be building bridges, right? Or mechanical, are you mechanical engineer, electrical? Uh, civil, that was actually the bridges civil. was my, okay. was my plan. The bridges, so we, okay. I, I can share a little more about that if you'd like. Okay. Yeah, do that. And then I yeah. want to know how you took it from there to building bridges in, in relationships to then building those bridges. Look at this. Yeah. Now we have a theme yeah, for a show. We'll kind of go bridges in business. Uh, maybe I'll go. Well, I'll be, I'll be succinct, obviously, but we'll go kind of chronologically kind of from the start. This There's going to be like a thread here, I think that will emerge, but from the start, I, you know, my, family of origin, pretty broken mess, grew up very poor, lived in a trailer, lived in a house that got condemned. My dad was an alcoholic, sporadically worked, abusive to my mom and to me and to my stepbrother. So that was kind of where things started. <laughs> but so in high school, I, I did always have an acumen for, for school, right? And so my dad was union laborer. So when I did see him go on job sites, he was civil construction. So he would be making uh, roads and he worked on a major bridge project, a major lock and dam. And I always thought that was really cool. I never want to be the guy with the shovel, but I, it's, I like the guy that was wearing the khaki pants that my dad would cuss at, right? Like <laughs> the engineer on the job. And I was like, that seems kind of cool. And so I got an opportunity to go to college uh, with a scholar, full scholarship for an engineering school. So that was a huge instrumental, obviously, point in my life. And that was when I left home. I never went back. And so just to give a little color to what happened. So my my mom and dad got divorced when I was in high school. And I was very relieved and I thought that was a very good thing because I saw marriage as a trap at that point in my life because of all the things I'd witnessed. They did reconcile. And actually, when I was in college, I was dating my now wife and we were in college together and uh, my wife and I were the attendants at my parents' remarriage. So my dad, they got divorced. They, he got sober, they reconciled, they got remarried, you know, probably five years later. And uh, yeah, my wife and I were the attendants at the courthouse steps. Awesome. And my wife actually was my high school sweetheart. And so we've been dating since I was 16. And uh, so she knew, I mean, she was, she was very much, much been part of my story. And so that was kind of my 
paradigm of marriage. And I was also grew up with no faith life. Like I just, you know, just did, did what my parents gave me an example of but my, my wife, Bethany, when I got to meet her family, I saw the alternative and I saw they were very happy and, and they were, they were Christians and it just, it, it really inspired me. So when I was in college, I ended up joining the Catholic church. I, so I chose that as an adult, got baptized. My wife was my sponsor and she was not my wife at the time, my girlfriend. And so I always say that her parents' marriage was the model I needed. And that actually brought me into Christianity. And then as my wife and I did get married shortly after I graduated school, we got into marriage ministry and we've been doing that ever since in different forms and fashions, you know, leading retreats, uh, marriage preparation, et cetera. So I graduated, was doing engineering, did engineering for a long time, about 17 years. And so during the time that I was doing engineering, I was doing this marriage ministry. 2009, I was really inspired to do something creative, bring something online. So engagemarriage.com was, was, was what came from that. So that was basically us bringing our story, bringing our, our learnings. We were, you know, all the experiences we were having with these other couples, bringing it online in a kind of a blog format. So that was also my entry into online business. I learned how to build up my own website. We wrote a book. We did digital products, had membership sites, did speaking. So all that was a side hustle, basically, to engineering. So that's that's the marriage connection. Obviously, it was a very important part of, of my life and still is. We've now been married 21 years. Uh, Congratulations. So, yeah. Thank you very much. So there came a point in uh, around 2015 that I decided I wanted to leave engineering and I was really into marketing, but I didn't really have that, that bridge gap, that gap bridged. Uh, so I spent a couple of years though and, and did and basically became a marketing consultant and was working for every, anyone who would hire me and was able to leave my job. And my wife was a stay at home mom. We had three kids. So it was not an easy, uh, easy jump to make, but we did that together in, in faith. And so that leads to the meat sticks because one of my clients when I was freelancing was a butcher shop, a local butcher shop here. And the third generation owner, he's about my age, really an ambitious guy. And he said, you know, I've been making these things. He built a smokehouse. I've been making these meat snacks and they're a huge hit locally. Do you know how to sell stuff online? I said, as a matter of fact, I do. So I helped him with that and ultimately brought it into Shopify and as an online thing and uh, ultimately became a partner. So in 2019, became a partner in Fire Creek Snacks, did a bunch of trade shows and a lot of toe-to-toe sampling. And uh, you know, ultimately, ultimately had some pretty good success with that, as you mentioned. But in 2020, so you can kind of see the sequential here, like every year something changes. 2020, of course, was COVID. Most of my marketing consulting clients went away because some of them were local, a lot of them were local businesses and they were shut down in my state in Illinois for six weeks. So that was an abrupt change. And then Fire Creek, our whole way of marketing that changed overnight because now there is no brick and mortar activity. There's no trade shows to go to. So that brings us to podcasting. I got on my first podcast in the summer of 2020. It was all about talking Fire Creek, our business story or Ryan's for, you know uh, origin story, Shopify tactics, whatever was most appropriate. I would talk about that version of Fire Creek to a podcast audience. And actually it took off really quickly. We got a lot of direct sales, formed a lot of relationships. A lot of really cool things have happened that I'm happy to happy to share. In doing that in public, I'd say after about 10, 10 podcasts and, and people seeing me and some of them got on the larger side, I started having a lot of people reach out and say, hey, how'd you get on that show? That was a really creative offer. Can you help me with your marketing and stuff? And so I, in 2020, at the end, and then mostly in 2021, I spun up a coaching business. <laughs> and it was like completely in response to people saying, how did you do that? And so 
Yeah. So that's simple success coaching. That's the other, that's the third brand. So there's engaged marriage, fire Creek snacks was the meat snacks and then simple success coaching. And so that came out in 2021. I had about 20 one-on-one clients, all organic people reaching out. I didn't have a website yet, but it was really working. And I realized that it was actually a system. It wasn't just you know, every, it got repetitious because I was teaching people the same things. So that ultimately became small groups and ultimately like a mastermind experience. So kind of now the main thing I focus on with most of my time are running small mastermind groups for entrepreneurs that are like 90 day groups that take people from never being on a podcast, or maybe they've been on plenty, but they haven't had sales from it to actually turning that into a sales system um, that's fed by them being on podcasts in a way that's very scalable and, and fun. So that that's, childhood, marriage, Christianity, uh, yeah, meat sticks and marketing and podcasting. That's, that's the, I don't know if that was five, five minutes straight, but that's, that's kind of the through line. Well, what a beautiful presentation of that, um, of, of your history. And I guess now the show's over because you know, about, <laughs> there's about the story. This. I, I need no. to have impact. So. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Well, that's just, um, you know, it goes to show how, um, not only prepared you are in how you share your story, but you, you make it just, you know, flow so beautifully, right? And that's part of your your process orientation, right? As, as well as your creative. So thank you for doing that because now we can just dive deep into what how you serve your clients today, which is how you bring them on podcasts. Um, but first, let me tell you that for you to find your way back from wanting to avoid relationships, wanting to avoid marriages, wanting nothing to do with them. Um, For you to find your way back, you deserve a lot of that credit because even though what you were exposed to was not a picture that you decided that you wanted to implement and adopt in your own life. It was really cool that you kept your opportunities, your options open and you, and you, you had that innate desire. I do want this, but I don't know what it looks like. And what you needed and what you discovered, what you found was clarity. And this is where I suggest to a lot of to all of my listeners all the time is that if you want to make something different in your life, do what Dustin did. And don't just give up on your dreams. Don't give up on the possible change that you can make, but seek clarity. In other words, one simple example is if you live right now in a home or apartment where your closet is too small for your clothes, that's a good thing. You can celebrate that. Why? Because that's how you know that you're that you need a bigger closet. <laughs> right? And so or less clothes, right? <laughs> or or less clothes. That's one of the ways to do it, right? That's one of the approaches. But that's one of the ways to know that you need a different solution. Now that you know you need a different solution, you know what you don't want. You may not necessarily know what your new closet in your new home, obviously, in your new neighborhood, in your new city, in your new country. You may not necessarily know what that looks like, but at least you know what you don't want it to be. And so Dustin knew early on, I don't know what a real marriage looks like. I don't know what a loving relationship looks like, but I know what it, I don't want it to be. Yes. And so you stay away from it, right? Until you find what it is that you want. So thank you for bringing that point of uh, distinction to us through your story, because I think it's very, very important. Now, how did you get to seven figures on a podcast show not being able to have your audience or your listeners taste test <laughs> your meat sticks. Um, how, how do you do that? How do you how do you get from talking about it to selling it? Yeah, that's uh, a it's a great question, and I only ask great questions. Yeah, well, I, I can tell. <laughs> well, it's really the power of story. I mean, to to the kind of the whole point of of the podcast here. It's it was me telling a compelling story and 
I don't, you know, I think people believed it tasted good, but really they were trying to support the brand initially. And mm-hmm. then it really is a really good product. So the reason it can grow to seven figures is because of repeat purchases, subscriptions, and things like that. So it is a very different experience to try to sell. And it's really an impulse food item that people either need to sample or they need to see it on the shelf and say, my stomach's growling. I'm going to grab that thing. That's typically how these things are sold. So to sell it in a long form educational format was just very different. But the way we did that was by in a, say a business show, we're talking about the business results we're seeing. We're talking about our conversion rate on our store. And for the people in that target market, they are repeat purchase rate. They're hearing that and saying, this must be a really good product. Like I want to pick it up and try it, you know, Mm. or they hear about my ketogenic diet, you know, story and how this was part of it. And so they find that compelling and they're like, yeah, that's the lifestyle I lead. You know, I think probably is a really good product for my diet. There's, there's a lot of, and so part of our story is Ryan's children, his twin boys, and one of them has a severe food allergy. And that's really what pushed him in this direction. He sold more traditional meat products, you know, with the MSG and uh, some gluten and some other allergens and stuff in there from time to time. And he decided he wanted like the clean version that still tasted better than anything else on the market because his wife and and he became label readers. So that's a very compelling story to one of our avatars for the business. We call her the gluten-free mom. It's like a mom who's trying to satisfy all the different needs of the household. And they may have one or more kids with food allergies. What's a great option for her. So when I tell it, tell you that story, which is all, they're all true stories. They're just different versions, depending on who I'm talking to, it's compelling enough to at least drive a trial, you know? And then sometimes we would have a, a really compelling offer where it's just play the shipping. We're going to give you a free sample pack if you're listening to this podcast, those sort of things where they're basically getting a free sample, but it's through the internet. Um, so that was part of it. And then of course, when you talk about seven figures, it's, that was not certainly not all direct consumer sales. You know, that was part of it. And like I said, there's repeat sales. We also had some very outsized opportunities, which, happens a lot with if you if you do podcasting on a consistent basis and so so one of these this happened after we crossed seven figures so it doesn't really count in that equation but you can you can kind of see how this works so we had a uh i met a guy on linkedin in 2020 and he he worked at a company called snack nation and their whole business model was shipping big boxes of better for you snacks in the corporate break rooms like facebook apple google it was 2020. So of course everyone went home and he was disgruntled because now he had to figure out how to ship all these things individually to people's houses. So we, we had a LinkedIn chat. I said, you know what? We've got a small brand, especially at that time, not very great packaging. Even I said, can I, I'll send you some samples though. You know, he said, sure. And so he reached back in like a week and said, this is the best teriyaki stick I've ever had. We don't really have a place for you, but like, I would like to do something. So we did a small quote unquote, small uh, run of 8,000 placements in their subscription boxes going out to individual individuals, which we had to donate, but we got like feedback and those are our target customers. So we're like, that's pretty cool. So it went well, feedback was great. So then I said, Hey, I noticed you guys have your own podcast called brand builder. Like could Ryan and I be on there since we're part of the family now? And he said, yeah. So he introduced me to the CEO. We got on the podcast. And then I thought that was the end of the story. The podcast was in early 2021. Then in 2022, in January, like over a year later, probably, uh, I get an email from Sharon at Carew.com. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know Sharon or Carew, but I opened the email and Carew was the rebranded version of Snack Nation. And Sharon replaced the original guy uh, from LinkedIn. And she said, hey, I've been looking at our customer feedback for Salty Snacks. I went back to our podcast and I listened to the episodes from founders in that category. I'm the new buyer. And she placed a purchase order for 550,000 snacks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So then <laughs> they became our biggest customer. So did being on that podcast create that result? Maybe, 
but I've, that result that does not happen without the podcast. We, we also just recently got into Walmart. That goes back from a podcast I did in 2020 through a relationship, which became an introduction, which became a lot of follow-up, which became going to Bentonville numerous times to their headquarters. Ultimately, we got into Walmart only because I was ever I was on a podcast. But it's not like, hey, I, my podcast downloaded today, and now I'm in Walmart. You know, so there's these nuanced things that happen. So there are direct sales that people download it, they hear it, yeah, I want to try it. There are relationships that become partnerships and like referral partners, uh, co-branding things. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that happens. And then there's these like unicorns, right? I talk a lot about the concept of planting seeds. So every every podcast I do or any other partnership with marketing that I do, I'm planting some seed. The seed might have a great harvest. As soon as it's released, it might be two years later. It may be only a small harvest ever, or it might be a gigantic outsized harvest that I can never predict. But the cool thing is, it's another seed, right? It's another opportunity. It's another relationship. Even if all you get out of it is 30 minutes with a really cool host, like this would be worth it for me, Steve, just, and we knew each other heading into this interview a bit, but just the bonding and relationship that from another like inspiring entrepreneur, that could be reason enough for someone to be on a podcast, but I get excited by those like unicorn events. And it's difficult to encourage someone to do that because it's unpredictable, but there's also a predictable result that, that makes it worth it. And then the unpredictable crazy stuff uh, makes it really worth it. But so that, that's kind of a, a, a peek behind this whole story of Fire Creek Snacks and how we kind of had an exponential growth pattern from podcast guesting. Well, you make it sound so magical. And in at some level, it is because it's that's the uncertainty, right? It's, right. it's how the uncertainty resolves, but it all has to do with what I'm feeling and what I'm picking up here is that your intention was always, your intention was never, let me go on this podcast to see how many sales I can generate. Your intention, I believe, was let me go onto this podcast to deliver value. And if something comes to this, great. And if nothing else comes from it, other than I had a great experience and I had the ability to share, that's just as good. And so you're teaching us patience. You're teaching us, you know, it's all about our intention. And that at some point, if your intention is, good and it's solid and it's congruent with what the rest of the universe and what the marketplace is looking for, especially better educated consumers, especially in the um, in the food uh, snack space, you know, people are looking for better solutions than what mass media and, and the big fast food companies are right. promoting, right? And so you offered that, but you didn't offer it as a magical solution, as the only solution or as the necessarily the best, but I love that you told the story. You told the story of its founder. Who is going to reject or who is going to walk away from a parent wanting to find a solution to alleviate their child's suffering from not being able to eat fun foods or even the foods that they grew up liking and and those kinds of things. So uh, congratulations on that. Uh, I've learned a lot just from this little bit that we've been talking because I've been interviewed on quite a number of podcasts throughout the years. I used to have my own podcast back in 2014, 2015. And I think I produced about 53 shows and I saw a lot of listeners at the time, but I didn't, I wasn't getting any business. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, concluded wrongly now that my educated mind is, has, has showed me that I concluded wrongly that it wasn't working when in fact, I probably walked away from it too soon, right, from my own podcast. And I wasn't clear on the results that I wanted either. I wasn't giving any specific offers. I was basically trying to 
um, highlight other people. That's what it was. It was a show about highlighting other people and the great things that they were doing for the community, but it didn't really have a niche. I wasn't uh, branding myself as a communications public speaking expert at the time. I was a general coach, executive coach, and it brought me some business, but you know, not the business I expected. So I kind of turned away from it because I was saying, this takes me three to four hours a week minimum right. to produce a show, get all my guests together, get all the artwork, edit, you know, even though I had help in those kinds of things, you're still devoting three to four hours per show to make sure that, you know, everything is going along the path. So anyway, so thank you for that. Where, let's say somebody, you know, decides to, okay, launching a new brand, I'm launching a new company. I've never really done this before. Where's the first place that you start? Because a lot of podcasts do want guests that have quote unquote credibility, meaning you have a book, you've been featured on Oprah or Good Morning America. And uh, short of that, mm, maybe, maybe not, we'll get back to you, right? Have your agent call my agent. We'll do lunch kind of thing, right? Um, (laughs) Don't call me. Exactly, exactly. Um, So how do do we overcome that? Where do we start so that we can- Yeah, and we we do. We we definitely take a different approach than the the experience you just described. And one thing I'll kind of say out loud, this may surprise people, I don't have a podcast. So- I've, I've, I kind of say tongue in cheek, I'm a professional podcast guest, right? Like I, I grew Fire Creek and all these crazy things that came out of that. And then actually my whole coaching business came out of that. Um, so in a sense, the whole thing, everything I do now day to day is a unicorn event that came out of selling meat six, but, but yeah, I think the easiest way to give this context is to talk about our framework. So we have a, a five-step framework and whether I worked with someone one-on-one which I don't really do much of anymore, or they're in our accelerator program, which is where we spend most of our focus. It's the same five steps. Um, and these five steps are, and I'll, I'll say them real quick and I'll come back to each one briefly. That's purpose is one. Step two is plan. Step three is uh, pitch. Step four is uh, perform. And step five is profit. So and then you, a few things you said about your previous experience, like light bulbs went off. I could point you to the steps in the process that maybe you could have tweaked and got a lot better result. So step one is purpose. And most people skip this completely. They say, like you just said, oh, I've got a new brand. I'm, I'm doing coaching. I'm going to go get on some podcasts. And it's like, okay, great. Like, let's, let's back up. So step one and purpose, we actually spend time with like, what's your three-year vision? What are your one-year goals? What's your 90-day goals? Because we want to podcast that you choose and the stories that you tell to align with that, right? Like everything should be in alignment with your ultimate goal. So the way that boils down though, it's answering the question, why do I want to be on a podcast? And a really succinct way of knowing whether you've nailed that or not is what's your call to action. If you don't have a call, if you, if you get interviewed for 45 minutes and you don't know what to tell the audience to do next, then you don't know your purpose, mm. right? So that's, that's step one. Uh, step, and I'm pretty passionate about that part. <laughs> step two is plan. So this is most people might start thinking of how to do this. And this is, okay, I know why I want to be on a show and I need to pick a target market and it can be multiple, but we always start with one, a target market. And the plan part is actually doing the research and finding the right shows. And a listener may be thinking, yeah, for my target market, I don't know if there's any shows or not that many shows, but trust me. And you go down this rabbit hole, there's 2 million podcasts. So when you go down this rabbit hole, it quickly becomes overwhelming so we, we actually help people prioritize these shows. It's not just finding them, it's prioritizing them and choosing the first one, the second one, the third one. So we have a very clear plan, which, which ones we're going to do step three with, which is pitch. And so step three is now I know why, I know which shows specifically. I've got some basic information about the host and the show and the content. Now I'm going to craft a really compelling pitch. And that's basically to get a yes from these hosts. 
I spend quite a bit of time with this in the accelerator. We co-create these pitches. It's we get an 80% acceptance rate and there are no agents involved. And so the reason the host wants us is because we are showing specifically how we're going to serve their audience and why we're different. And the fact that we know the host, we have a relationship there. And so we can talk all about that for a while, but that's the pitch is, is step three. So now we get a yes. Great. So now we've, we've done this work to get a yes. Step four is perform. So now I've got the date on my calendar. I know I'm going to go do this interview. How do I prepare? And if you're going to do this on a regular basis, my cadence for my students and for me is typically once a week. That's kind of like our target. So if you're going to do this once a week, like how do you prepare without having to over prepare and spend way too much time on it? So we just coach people up on that. What stories to tell and ultimately leading to that call to action, right? We, we've got, we sprinkle some things in there to basically have an emotional connection, have everything make a lot of sense, have a very clear message and a clear call to action. And then step five is profit. So great. Now I've been on 10 shows. How do I get a business result? So the people I work with are typically entrepreneurs. Uh, you could obviously use podcasting for lots of different reasons, but for in our accelerator program, it's all entrepreneurs. So, and that's important because it's a 12 week program. Just to give you context, Steve, the first four or five weeks is steps one through four. <laughs> so we get through that in the first 30 days, the other 60 days is profit. So like we spend a lot more time on how to leverage these appearances than how to get them. And so, and the other thing that we do in there, because they're entrepreneurs, they don't have time to do a lot of the minutia. So we train them. So they have, they own the purpose, they own the performance, but we, and we train them on the whole planning and pitching because we want them to have ownership of that. But that's all very repeatable. And it's once you get a master pitch, it's just customization. So we actually help them hire and train a virtual assistant mm-hmm. five or 10 hours a week who can actually just make that machine run and they don't have to think about it. So once they've got it going, they can step away and focus on the sales part, which is the profit. And so that's there's a lot of advanced stuff there. We talk for specific businesses, how they would apply podcast guesting to get specific business results. But that's the five-step framework. Does that give you like good context? No, absolutely. And it's, again, going back to your uh, mechanical engineering training and, <laughs> and proclivity, um, it's, it's a beautiful thing because many of us, especially us creative types, right? Those are, that are what they call right brain right brained although i've learned recently that when it comes to the brain there's really no distinction between true distinction between being left brained analytical and right brain being more creative it's uh we we all have that capacity and so it's not that you're one over the other necessarily uh at least not from a physiological or or biological foundation so we got to have purpose which goes back to clarity let's get clear on why we're doing this what we want out of it plan that's who we're going to target what what shows we want to be on two million shows is there a place where people go and conduct that research or do you have to go to each apple spotify channel and no. look at all the shows and create this big spreadsheet and cross-reference and document and how do you do that no, we, we have two primary ways that we teach people. There's a great tool. It's free. It's called Listen Notes. So listennotes.com. It's basically Google for podcasts. So if I put in Steve's name, it's going to show me every episode of every show that is, is he's been on. It's going to show me um, if you host a show, it's going to show me what shows you produce. And, uh-huh. and likewise, if I put in entrepreneurship, then it's going to give me all these shows about entrepreneurship. And so that's a wonderful tool, especially if you've got like a seed. So say like, I know, I know this show is a good fit for me. Now, what are some other shows like that? That's a great tool. 
aside from that, you can use Google. Like <laughs> that's where I start a lot of people off. So if, if I'm working with say a marriage coach and they want to be on shows about um, money, like, cause they, that's the connection they want to, they want to help couples struggling with money with their marriage and get back to the core issue of their marriage. Then I might go to Google and just put in like top interview marriage podcast, 2022. And there's all these list articles, right? And so it takes a little combing through, but you can really get a good handle and you just go open all those shows up. And then I look at which ones do interviews because this is an interview format and not all shows are. And I make sure that they've been updated in the last 30 days because shows go dormant. Once they match those criteria, then we have other screen screening ideas for how to prioritize things. But in a in a really quick nutshell, that's how I would usually start finding podcasts. Then I would use listen notes to kind of refine that once I've got a, a kernel to kind of work from. Wonderful. And then going on to the pitch, that's more than just, hey, I'm awesome. Uh, you need to have me on your show. Yeah, yeah. Right? it's not that uh, at all. It's the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not going to get any... Um, you're not going to get any uh, any positive feedback from that if you get any responses at all. But when we talk about a pitch, I've seen lately um, a variety of organizations that are coming forward and, and saying, hey, uh, let us act as your agent. You pay us a fee, a monthly fee yeah. or whatever, or a per podcast or per show fee, and we'll get you on that show. We'll write the pitch and we'll do all this mm -hmm. stuff. Are those... I don't want to ask if they're workable because it's obviously working for somebody, but let's say it's working you, for the podcast agency. So, do you recommend um, it? I, I have fairly strong feelings about this, so I'm happy to share my experience. So I would say the people that work with me, it's not infrequent, not everyone, but it's not infrequent. They've went that route. And then they come to me with this thought that, you know, I've been on 10 podcasts. I didn't get any clients. It doesn't really work. Okay. Well, guess what? Guess what they skipped? Step one, they had no idea why that show was selected. They, and generally the reason it's selected is because the agency has a relationship, relationship. with that host. Could be financial, doesn't have to be, but they're going to get easy yeses. So they're just going to send the same people out mm -hmm. to the same podcast. Uh, and that's, that's the reality. I actually, on this morning on LinkedIn, I wrote kind of a, a bit of a rant because I had a conversation literally yesterday with someone named Sandy. She spent $6,000. They got her on eight shows and she got no results. So then I was talking to her about like my approach and how, what I would do with her. She does email marketing for e-commerce companies. I'm like, this is like fish in a barrel. And so I, I walked her through the strategy, how I would approach it. And she's like, yeah, like that would work, but this, this didn't work at all. Yeah. So I'm well, not saying that that's bad. What I would say is it's only really good in two scenarios. If you're a celebrity, it works great. Cause if I can say, uh, I'm on NBC, you know, as a, as a sitcom star, that's all I really need to say. And then the podcast host me like, yeah, I want you on your celebrity. Right. So it works for that. And it could work if you, for some reason, just want a number of podcasts to say you've been on, like I've been on 10 podcasts and like, mm. that's, that's your result. That's your purpose. If that's your purpose, fine. Like go pay someone to get you on some shows. The people I work with, their purpose is much more uh, business oriented. So we're very strategic about which shows we pick and we're not looking to be on a, too many shows. Like, I mean, one a week is 50. That's I've been on 50 ever in two and a half years. So I say one a week, I don't even, I don't even get, go to that frequently, but I, I did it first to kind of get the, get the system going, get my reps in. But now, now I'm able to be a little more, even more selective because my goals have changed. But yeah, so Love it. I, I'm not making any friends in the podcast pitching guest agency. The other aspect I'll say that I, I believe strongly about this is if you do that, let's, let's, let's say they're great at strategy and they pick great shows. You're still are renting that, right? It's, it's like doing paid ads. So every time I want to be on a new show, I got to spend another thousand dollars. I'm much more of an advocate of like learn it once, 
Use a VA if you're comfortable with that. It's going to cost you pennies on the dollar compared to having an agency do it. And then you own it as an asset of your business, right? So if, I, if I'm if i doing this consistently in my business, I've got standard operating procedures, I've got the scripts, I got a VA, we got everything systematized. That has business value. So if I like sell my business, whoever gets it gets the marketing system that's been running because we don't just do the front end of that. We have a back end where we're finding leads and doing prospecting and making sales. So it's uh, it, which you're never going to get from a podcast guesting agency. So. Sorry, no, no, no! Don't be sorry. Never apologize for being. You're not being controversial for the sake of it. You're being, you know, you're applying. You're applying what's going on out there to your own experience and what you've seen happen. So don't ever apologize for that, especially not to me. It reminds me of back in the day when I was an entertainment lawyer in Los Angeles. I ran the wrath of numerous production, uh, publishing, and recording companies, record labels, because I would be the one to teach the artists that you don't need a record label, you don't need a publishing company, (laughs) because they take everything from you, they charge all the expenses against you, in in most part, right back, this was back in the 80s and 90s, this is how they were operating, I don't know if it's different today, but essentially you would go and sign your life away and get nothing for it, and so I didn't uh, make a lot of friends in, in the in the corporate uh, community, but I had a lot of independent artists, clients who loved me because I taught them how to do these things for themselves, which they very easily could. So thank you for that. The other thing about the these agencies is you don't own the relationships. Whereas if what I hear you saying is that if you go out and find, if you go out and quote unquote pitch or submit to be on mm-hmm. these shows, you're creating the relationship, you're opening the doors with that particular host. And so maybe not now, but in the future, you're going to be able to reopen that door and go back into it. They're going to come back to you, those kinds of things. But if you go through an agency, the agency owns the relationship. You probably never get to contact the host of the Joe Rogan show or the producer of the Joe Rogan show or Good Morning America or whoever directly without going to the agency. Right. So, um, okay, perform, developing and preparing your story. That is largely on the guests. That is 100%. You teach them, you guide them. Do you guys also write the story for them? No, we don't write the story. Um, What we, you know, everyone's a little different. So some people come in and they've been interviewed and they really just need the business strategy around it. They're actually very articulate. They've got the story. In in a lot of cases with those folks, it's picking the right stories for the right target market. You know, like I mentioned, I I, I could literally have 10 different stories I could tell around Fire Creek. They would land much differently depending on who's listening, right? So it's, it's, it's that. It's so it's matching the stories with the target market. We also have people who've never been interviewed and they're a little apprehensive. And so what we will help them write is like their intro, like their third, their elevator pitch, because in almost every, you did a great job introducing me, but in most cases they say, Dustin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right. Yeah. And if you can start an interview (laughs) solid and you just, that rolls off your tongue and it just makes everyone at ease. it's, it's way better than fumbling around and like not be able to describe who you are and what you do. Exactly. So we do coach around that. The other thing we'll coach around is if they're just not super comfortable taking questions on the fly, some people haven't been in that environment, then we'll I'll basically do mock interviews with people and be like, I'm going to be Steve. <laughs> You're going to be yourself. I'm going to start, I'm going to answer you some, ask you some easy stuff, some hard stuff. And then we'll, we'll kind of review the tape, right? And we'll kind of figure out how that could be better. And then the other thing we do is actually we can review the interviews themselves after they do get them booked and they're on. And a lot of times if it's someone that doesn't have a lot of reps in, we'll choose smaller shows on purpose. So there's not very much pressure on it, but yeah, so it, it kind of runs. That's, that's, I'd say the perform is the most flexible. Some people need very little help. Some people need to spend a lot, a lot of time there. So we kind of meet them where they're at. Wonderful. So it sounds like you guys are 
providing a, a full panoply of services, right, to these individuals, whether you're just starting out and even to the more experienced podcast, podcast guests. And I would put myself in that category. So let me yes. ask you a question. In the few minutes we have left, and since you're my guest today, I have you as a captive in my <laughs> studio. And I know you're going to answer my question is that through the Voices of Impact Awards, there's not a lot of, you know, this isn't a meat stick company. It's not a fragrance company. It's not a makeup. It's not a t-shirt company. So there's not a lot of companies out there producing an awards show like this. What would your recommendation be just kind of off the cuff, if you can, in terms of what kind of shows we should be on or I should be on to attract the kind of person that we want on, on, on this show, which is not necessarily the person that's chasing a speaking career, although they're they're here, but you don't have to go out and hunt for those people. I want the executive, the surgeon, the lawyer, the accountant, the stay-at-home mom that has been through some stuff that they know they have a story, but they're too busy leading their own lives to perhaps think about this, or maybe they've thought about it. And they said, I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to be on stage one day. Maybe one day I'll do a TED. That's the person I want to reach because there's yes. plenty more of those and they need the opportunity. They need the stage more so than someone that knows they want to be the next Tony Robbins, right? So yeah. what would your recommendations be, Dustin, if you don't mind sharing for um, what we might do or what kind of shows we might approach? Yeah, I think you, you, you have a pretty unique challenge and opportunity. It's because the in effect, people aren't solution aware. They're not even necessarily problem aware in the marketing spectrum, right? I may be listening to a show on marketing because I know I've got a problem with marketing and I want to learn a tactic and a strategy. That means I'm like problem aware. And and if I'm listening to a show about like how to do email marketing better, I'm even solution aware. So I'm, I'm like deeper down the funnel. There's less people in that state, but they're already much more committed. You're talking about really kind of the top of a, of a funnel in the sense that it's kind of anybody. And so kind of anybody could be listening that could be your target market and they're but we would, I'd like to tease out, you know, a little more in the purpose, like some common attributes, because we do have to be able to aggregate that audience, like find out where that audience is already listening. For example, one thing that came to mind as you were speaking, maybe they have a book, maybe they've thought about having a book. I think I would think a lot of the people in your audience would at least relate to that, even if they don't think it's realistic for them yet. And so I'm thinking of a podcast called Self-Publishing School that it's all about self-publishing books. And they interview people who have successfully self-published a book. So a lot of the, I'm sure a lot of their audience hasn't actually published a book, but they're interested in it. And they're like hearing other people's stories about how it was successful. And that's, that's what inspires them. So I think something like there's a lot of those types of podcasts for aspiring authors. There's also podcasts for aspiring speakers, right? And they hear people, so people who are a little more solution aware, like, I still don't know if I can do it, but I do have an aspiration of being a speaker perhaps one day. Then they hear, then you come on, you talk about your story, most importantly, and then the Voices of Impact awards and that they immediately become solution aware. And they're like, that's it. That, you know, I've had this desire. Now I've got a channel to go pursue and learn how to be a speaker, how to you know, get the coaching I need, how to actually have a platform to aspire to be on. So I think, I think there's numerous target markets we could go after that would have your target market listening. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to answer without, if I had a roster and you, and we could kind of dissect who is a quote unquote, typical voices of impact award, knowing that they come from all walks of life. I, I, I think I've seen like, there's quite a few like emergency services type people, right? So they've got mm-hmm. these great stories. They're firemen. They've saved people's lives. So where do they listen? They probably listen to certain types of shows um, that make maybe for professional development, maybe even, um, 
they, you know, like my wife listens to a lot of like true crime, you know? So the problem with that kind of genre is unless you have a true crime story to share, you're not, you're, this is a great, actually a great point. Your target market might be listening to true crime. But the problem is if you don't have a story that would meet the platform of a true crime podcast, it doesn't matter if they listen because you don't have access to them. The only way then you get access in that scenario would be advertising. So you could advertise on that show about the Voices of Impact Award, knowing there's a lot of, say, middle-aged women who are moms who have really compelling stories that are listening. So, but that's not really my area. That's not really where I focus. I focus more on the interviews. There's more than enough of those to go around. So I I, I think if you made me like put a gun to my head and said, pick one, I think I would think about where aspiring authors would hang out and listen to those shows. And we could get you, get you on those shows uh, to to start finding some of those folks. I love it. I thank you for that. And and I could get on a, um, I'd, I'd be a great guest on true crime shows because I could talk about what a crime it is for you not to share your story with the world. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Because in large part it is. Dustin, I know that you've got another uh, appointment uh, interview to run to. And so um, this has just been such an incredible, such a a educational segment, a fun segment. I do want to let the audience know that Dustin is, he has agreed, we we paid him and his agent a lot, a lot of money to, br- to <laughs> bring him on board, <laughs> to bring him on board as a uh, official resource partner for the Voices of Impact Awards, which means that once you register and participate in the awards, you're going to have access, direct access to Dustin. You're going to be able to get a free gift from him. You're going to be able to get some complimentary training uh, along these lines of how you can use the power of podcasting to elevate your brand, your business, grow your audience, build relationships, whatever it is that your purpose you want to do. And if you want to work with Dustin one-on-one, you'll be able to do that. And so you can hear in a couple of days or a week or so, maybe, Go to the Voices of Impact Awards and look at Dustin's page and and look at what he's offering to the participants of the Voices of Impact Awards. And so we are so grateful. As you can see, the the man is brilliant. He knows what he's talking about. And he's also fun to work with. He's so easygoing. And it's like, who wouldn't want to be his friend? Um, Right? (laughs) Not that you you need any more friends. But that's all on you, man. That's all on you. And the fact that you've got a beautiful guitar back there in the corners, you're you're speaking my song. Speaking to me because I have uh, a guitar, beautiful Martin guitar as well. So, you know, I hate to bring this show to a close, but also because Dustin is an official resource partner, means we get to have him back on the show to do perhaps a live workshop with you guys. And so you just let us know. Let us know in the comments uh, what you want Dustin to talk about next, and we'll make sure to uh, arrange for that and and bring him back. So as you can see, he's a, he's a great individual, and who wouldn't want to work with him to up-level your podcast? Dustin, final question for you. For that individual that's out there thinking, wondering, uh, uncertain about whether or not they should come and share their story on a platform such as the Voices of Impact Awards, which is a global platform, but they're hesitant about it, what would your recommendation be to them? It may be obvious after hearing everything I've talked about, (laughs) but absolutely go for it. I mean, you have no idea what seeds you're planting and taking that effort, not only professionally and, you know, perhaps a a big prize, but what it actually will do for you as a human. It, It you'll it's, I feel like refining your own story, sharing with others, and, and the process that's required to do that well will elevate your own self-confidence, your own, the, the way you show up in the world, your abundance thinking. There's there's a lot of intangible things that I've experienced through the process of podcast guessing 
it's very analogous, obviously, to speaking from a stage. So I think, uh, yeah, absolutely go for it. And Steve's got, Steve's kind of taking the uncertainty out of it because he's got these mentors and these, these people to be around you and assist you in a program to follow, to actually have a tangible result. It's not as if you have to show up already being a great speaker. That's the whole point is to help you become a, a great speaker. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Dustin, my regards to you, my regards to your beautiful family, uh, your wife, Bethany, for um, just being with you all these years and, and helping you become the the person that, that you are today that shows up in the marketplace that uh, we can align ourselves with and know that, you know, hey, whether we're selling meat sticks or books, you know, <laughs> we can we can get it done through, through Dustin's training. So have a great rest of the week, my friend. And we don't speak before the holidays, which we probably will, you know, have a safe one with you and your family and your friends, whatever it is that you guys are going to do. If you're going to be traveling and ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast episode, if you're watching it, or if you're listening to the audio version of it now, or maybe it's three years since we recorded it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for participating in this because we're doing this for you. And speaking of doing this for you, we created the Voices of Impact Awards for you so that you can go out and share your story with the world, knowing that you didn't have a platform to do this, a safe, organized platform to do this previously, we created this. But not only for you to share your story, but so that you can be recognized and celebrated for what you've been through and what your contribution is to society. Uh, many times we feel like, oh, I need lots of money in order to contribute and, and be of value to the world. That's not true. Sometimes we think we need connections or resources or we need to have done something miraculous like win the Congressional Medal of Honor or the Nobel Peace Prize in order to be taken seriously or to have any impact on the world. That's not true. The fact that you've been through some stuff and you've learned some lessons that can help another human being that's going through the same thing or who will be going through the same thing unwittingly or not um, that can help and that's a huge contribution and uh, we value that so on that note thank you again i'm steve gallegos president and co-founder of voices of impact awards and we will see you on the next episode